Lord, I thank you for Jordan. Lord, I thank you for the, the blessing he is to this house, to our, to our family here and his family. Lord, for, for our friendship. And Lord, I thank you for the, the man of God that he's become and he's grown into. Lord, I thank you for all his skills, Lord, for all that he is. And Lord, most of all, Lord, I'm just thankful for his passion for you and his heart after you. And Lord, I pray tonight that you just um, you give him courage just to speak um, from right from your heart, Lord, tonight. Just exactly what he feels that you're wanting to say to us tonight. Amen. Amen. I'm really, I'm really nervous. I've not spoken. I know, like, you, I'm up here quite a lot and stuff, and I know all of you, but I haven't spoken, spoken in ages. My, um, my Bible's not. Uh, there we go. So um, this evening, I'm going to be sharing from Matthew 13, um, the parable of the sower. And if I'm completely honest, um, I was just going to steal a message that me and Leanne heard recently. We went to, um, we went over to Ireland um, to Amber and Johnny's church, who are coming next next week. Um, to their youth camp, like their version of Infuse. Me and Tim went last year and we did some worship stuff and I loved it so much that I came home and I said to Leanne, we're going next year. Uh, Regardless of if I'm doing anything, we're going. So I went along and they were talking on this theme of seed and rain. That was like their their seed of the week. And in the mornings they were going to be looking at a Bible verse and in the evenings kind of responding to that. So the the Saturday morning we were there, they did a a worship seminar, which which was brilliant. And then in the evening, they had a time of worship, like a night of worship, if, if that makes sense. So um, the guy that was speaking, his name's Darren. He's the, the head of Ile- like Irish uh, youth work over there. I was just going to nick what he spoke on because none of you have heard it. But um, as, I was, as I was reading it through, as I was reading my notes, I really just felt God start to, to speak to me. And often when, when God's speaking to us, he's, he's, you know, he's speaking through us. And um, just really wanted to kind of not pick up where he left off, but kind of take it a few steps back because I'll explain it all after the verse. But they had, they had a week to get through this. We've got an hour and a half. So um, come on. So um, Matthew 13, uh, 1 to 23, I believe it is. Um, but we'll pick it up at verse uh, 3. And it says, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, Some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160, 30 times what was sown. So um, we'll stop it there at verse, at verse 8. We'll pick it up in a bit later on. Um, but this is the, the verse that he shared. Uh, shared. And he, he was very much talking about the, the, the crop, the harvest. And he was saying, imagine what it, it would look like in your life and in your, you know, there's a lot of young people in your schools and colleges and universities if you had a harvest of 30, 60 times 100. But he also said something that really kind of hit me. And he said this, um, when you're talking about growth, uh, the rain only matters when there's seed in the ground. And I thought, wow, you know, that's, you know, often we're, we're just like, God, send the rain, send the rain, send the rain. But when the rain's dried up, what are we left with if we don't, if we don't plant anything? So um, I'm just going to quickly pray and, uh, and we'll carry on kind of from there. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that um, it speaks truth and it speaks life. God, and I just pray that as um, we share these verses together, 
that you just speak to us this evening, God, and that you just take us from the place that we are now and we just feel like that when we leave this place, you'd have spoken to us, God, and that we would feel like we're further on in our walk with you and we're closer to you. In your name I pray. Amen. So I'm going to do something this evening which I uh, vowed that I would never do. And I'm going to talk about gardening. Um, and I don't want to offend, you know, Adrian, Andy, or anybody that's spoken on, like, I am the vine, and you talk about pruning and stuff, but I have no interest in gardening at all. Like, I, c- I can't stand it, mainly because I'm not really old. But I just, I just, I just have no... I got Sally's attention, but I just have no, I just have no, you know, no care for it. The other day, I was, I was mowing our lawns, and we've got like kind of three patches of grass. I did one and said to Dan, "I'm just going to stop." She went, "Why?" I said, "I just can't be bothered. I just don't, I'm not enjoying. I'm not having a nice time. I'm young. I've not got a lot of time on this earth. Maybe I don't want to spend it picking up cat food from next door's cats. So um, I just didn't bother doing it. But recently, I found myself in a very, very uh, weird situation where Leanne's granddad. Uh, Tony, he had a hip replacement, and the weekend before he went into hospital, we said we'd go spend the day with Tony, and we'll do whatever he wants to do. And I found myself at something that I never knew existed. Didn't even know this was a thing, and I'm, to be honest, I'm still not sure why it is a thing. An open gardens, and I was thinking, Leanne said to me, "Oh, you know, Grandad wants to go to an open gardens," and I thought maybe you go to somewhere like Chatsworth House and. You know, it's, it's open for the day. It's free of admission. But it wasn't that at all. It, do we all know what an open gardens is? There's like a definite age, like, cut off of people nodding. So an open gardens, so it was in a town called Newton Regis, which is a lovely place, you know, lovely roads and that. And um, we went, and you basically, you go up to this lady who's, like, in a little gazebo, and you pay a pound for a map, and it's a map of the town, and dotted out across the maps are people that take a good bit of care of their garden, and you just go and have a look. And I found this really strange. So, like, you walk in, and you just see this green sign, like, open garden, and you walk in, and you're just kind of looking around someone's garden. And I'm just thinking, this is so surreal. I don't know what was worse, was when they weren't in, and you just felt like, if someone was looking around my garden, I'd want to know about it. I just kind of felt like I was intruding, I didn't know if that was worse than when the person was there and I just had to pretend to care about gardening. So like, I'd walk in and I'd be going, lovely garden, nice shrub, lovely. And, go, and this guy, he went to me, do you open up your garden? And I just went, no. And I just, I just wanted to say, do you know why? Because I'm a normal person. This isn't what normal people do. This isn't what normal 26-year-olds spend their Saturdays doing, never mind people doing it. And this one guy, and you're looking around, and Tony, he was loving it, wasn't he? He was going, that's new this year. Last year, they had a, they had a pond there. Now they've got a patio. I'm thinking, goodness, why am I here? And they're saying things like, oh, yeah, this one, it attracts the butterflies. And this bush attracts bees. Do you get much in your garden? And I'm like, other than cat poo, as we've already discussed, no. And I, and I was, I've just, and this is like the kind of level, this is why when I say, I, I said I'd never talk about gardening, this is the level that I'm at. And something happened to my wife, Leanne, lovely Leanne. Something happened to Leanne in a space of six hours when we were there. It felt a lot longer than six. Um, she aged about 25 years. And she came back and she said, I want to do the garden. Well, I want to do the garden. I thought, flipping heck. Because I know what she's saying when she says, 
I want to do the garden. It's we're going to do the garden. And so um, we, had a, we had these stones around our patio, and we said we'd take up the stones, and we did. We, we took them up, and we, we threw them away, and we were going to plant grass seed. And so uh, I dug out a trench with a shovel, went to, went to work and bought a spade, felt like a right man, and a, and a pick and mix whilst I was there. And um, I, I've got this spit, and I dug out this trench, and I went and bought some topsoil, which stunk out my car for weeks, and uh, put the topsoil down, went to Wilco again, and picked up some grass seed, and we had the perfect conditions for growing stuff, like it rained, and it was dead sunny, and then it rained again, and it was dry, and it was light, and it was sunny, perfect conditions, but nothing grew because I put the grass seed in the shed and didn't take it out again. I didn't bother putting it in the ground. I did all this work. My intentions were was pretty spot on, prompted by my wife. And um, I, uh, I just didn't put the seed in the ground. And after all this rain and all these top conditions for growing stuff cleared up, we were left with nothing because I didn't put the, the seed in the ground. And what this verse is talking about is having good ground for the seed, the word of God, to take root to not only just sit on you, but to, to enter your heart and to, and to take root. But not just to take root, but to produce something as well at the end of it. So um, that was it. And like, like Darren said, the rain only mattered when there's seed in the ground. And there, there, wasn't, there wasn't seed in the ground. So the, the verse is talking, Jesus is talking about different ground being like where we're at. We are the ground. Um, and we've probably all been one of those different types of ground in our life before, um, and differing at each stage. So I'm going to get a bit of technology out, um, my flipboard that I've got over here. So um, Adrian said, oh, have you got a presentation? I said, no, I've got a flipboard. So um, I'll get the flipboard because I'm going to write this down as we go. I'm, you know, I'm amazed that these pens aren't falling on the floor. So I've got the flipboard, and we'll go through the different types of ground because I think we can all agree that we want to be the good ground. Just me? Me and Jonathan, we want, to be, we want to be the good ground. But when I listen to people talking and people speaking, I always say, like, well, how? Like, how do we become the good ground? And so what I want to do is look at the other types of ground that Jesus mentioned that we shouldn't be. And by looking at what we shouldn't be, hopefully with the help of the Holy Spirit and the guidance of the Word, you know, and the help of our friends as well, the people around us, we become good ground for for the word to take root in our lives. So um, we're going to pick it up at uh, verse 19. This is where Jesus starts to give like the, the interpretation. He explains the parable. So verse 19 is the, is the first one. And he says this, When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. So the, the first ground we're going to talk about this evening is the grounds of understanding. And all the teachers are going to be like fuming at my technique here with a pen. But the ground of, have I spelled that right? Understand, yeah, ground of understanding. So number one, the ground of understanding. And growing up in church, I've, I've heard a lot of messages that I just didn't get, like that I didn't understand. And I loved coming to church. I loved worshiping and, you know, I, I love playing different instruments and, you know, but I didn't understand the word. So, like, when it came to doing a prayer meeting and it was like, right, so tonight we're just going to read the Bible for a bit. I'm there thinking, oh, this isn't what I signed up for. I want to have, have fun with my friends and, I, you know, I want to jump around. And if it, 
if we hear the word of God and we don't understand it, we can, like I said, we can have the best intentions. I love church. I love the people. But if we don't understand what's being said, what are we going to be left with at the end of it? What if all of a sudden Tim says, do you know what? I'm, I'm leaving. And you were stuck with me leading worship every week. And you were like, bring Tim back. Bring Tim. Why? What would you be stuck with? If, if the worship style changed or if your friends went to a different church, what would we be left with if we don't understand what's being said? If we don't understand the, the whole reason why we're here. So um, that's the first kind of ground. If, if you come along to church, and I know it's kind of like a, a lot of you are older than me. I don't want to be like, who's this guy? But if you don't understand what's being said, what is it, what is it that we're, you know, we're doing with him? What are we going to be left with? We're not going to produce anything at the end of it. We can have all the rain that we want. We can have all the Holy Spirit meetings that we want. Uh, but you know, if, the, if the seed isn't in the ground... What, what are we going to do? So uh, the second ground that we're going to talk about in, is found in verse 20. And it is, Jesus said that the people that receive the word with joy but don't have deep roots and fall away with trouble or persecution. So we're going to go, let's say trouble. Do you know what, Adrian? I see why you do a PowerPoint now. It just saves you a lot of time. Isn't it? So the, the ground of trouble. And if I'm going to be really honest, church, I've been here quite recently. And I've just recently changed job. My old job, I absolutely, I absolutely loved it, but it wasn't a Christian-friendly environment, let's say. Like, there was a, there's a lot of... What? I don't, I don't want to make them sound like, you know, they were nasty people or they were... or whatever, but there just seemed to be no line of where the jokes ended. And I, and I said to a guy a few times, I said, look, mate, if, if I was a Muslim, you wouldn't have said that to me. Or if I was a different, you wouldn't say that. So why do you think it's okay to say that with me? And it just kind of like just fell on deaf ears and he'd, he'd carry on going. And like Adrian said it last week, it's not about being ashamed of the gospel, but these days in age, this day and age, as soon as you say you're a Christian, people are like, oh, so you hate gay people or, oh, this and that. And the next thing, you've got a half an hour discussion aimed at you where you can't say your view, you can't defend yourself because of the, the way that, we've gone away from God as, as a nation, as a world, and you get to the point where you think, you know what, I'll just save myself the hassle, and I'll keep my opinion to myself. And I've been there, it, you know, it came up like, oh, so what do you do at church then? Do you just kind of sing? And I think, you know what, I just don't want to tell you, because you're just going to take, take the mick. But not just take the mick, it's going to be, you, you don't want to listen to what I've got to say. And um, this is the kind of rocky ground that Jesus is, is talking about. You're not, if you're feeling that way, you're not going to, be fruitful or as fruitful as, as you can be. So we've got the, the ground of understanding. If you're not understanding what's being said, you know, if we're not going to produce. Uh, if other things are going to come and, you know, fall away because of trouble and persecution, again, we're not going to produce that crop that the, the verse is talking about. And uh, moving on, the third one, and this is in verse 21. And I think this is where the majority of us, I'd say, have, have spent a lot of time. We hear the word, but it gets crowded out by life. And it gets crowded out by, by worries. So we'll stick number three. Oh, that's a pants number three. Uh, let's just say, yeah, worries. Worries. So, and life. So it, it mentions wealth in this, and wealth is a, is a big one. For a lot of people, the lure, the lure of wealth and like what you can earn and what you can get and what you can have. Um, but 
the verse says in, like I said, verse 21, um, 22, sorry. But the worries of life and deceitfulness of, of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. So, again, I've been in this, I th- feel like I've been here recently. Um, we got married last February, and that completely shook up my routine of life. You know, whereas before I'd have like a free hour and I could maybe play my guitar or I could worship, it would be like, we've not seen all of, like each other all week. Let's sit down and watch a film. Like, whereas before, if I'd had a free Saturday and I could worship and read my Bible all Saturday, I'd now be at an open gardens. Like, kind of, so, like, ru- your routine gets completely shaken up. And we're, like, even now, we're still finding where can we fit our time into God with fitting our jobs, church, seeing friends, seeing each other, in all of that. And in, you know, a few years when it comes to looking at kids, that will all be shaken up again. And stuff of life can quickly take away that time that we spend with God. And it will make us unfruitful, the, the word says there, unfruitful. And I don't know about, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be unfruitful. I don't, I don't want to be, you know, not pointless, but, you know, what's, dad, you had a, a plum tree, didn't you, in your garden recently? Well, you still got it. But like a few years ago, I remember Dad saying, "If it's not going to produce this year, I'm going to cut it down." Because what is the point? What is the point of you know something that can bear fruit that that isn't? And I don't want to be there. I don't want to be that. Anyone with me? We don't want to. We don't want to be there. So once we look at these kind of things, you know, maybe we're not understanding it. Maybe we feel like we're being kind of persecuted or jumped upon for our faith. Maybe life is just a bit stressful at the minute, and and God's just kind of fallen off the plate. We get to be in the good soil. And this is where I want to be. Anyone else with me? You know, this is, this is where we want to be. We want to be people who hear the word, verse 23, someone who hears the word, understands it, and then they produce a crop of 30, 60, 100 times more. And again, I, I feel like I've been here. I feel like I've, not to blow my own Christian trumpet or anything, but like, I feel like I've, I've been here where I understand what's being said and I get it. I'm spending time at home like just chasing after God. I'm not ashamed. You know, I'll, I'll tell anyone, and I'm not now, I'll tell anyone what I'm a Christian, what I'm about, what Jesus has done for them. You know, when I was a student, I had loads of time on my hand, <laughs> mainly during lecture hours where I should have been at uni. But, um, you know, I've, and I've, I feel like I've been this good soil, but have I been producing a crop of 30, 60, or 100 times? No. Not, truthfully, no, not all the time. And it comes to a point where then you say, right, God, I just need you to send the rain. I just need you to, like, refresh me. I need you to, to pour on me so I can do something for you, that I can make a difference for you, that I can shine for you, that I can reflect Christ in my lifestyle, that I can bear the fruits of the Spirit, that I can share you with people, that I can pray for the sick and they get healed, and all those kind of stuff. This is the place that I want to be. And this is what I was feeling God was speaking to me about as I started to read this. This is where I want to be. I don't want to be bad ground. I don't want to be stuck here. I want to be good soil that produces for God. For God. And, you know, how does that look in, your, in our lives? When we get to that place where we can be producing 30. You think 30? Wow, that's a, that's a big number. 30 times, that's massive. 30, 60 times, wow, that's double 30. That's bigger than 50. 100 times, like, wow. What does this church look like if we're all doing that? 
What if every time one of us heard the word, 30 other people then heard it? Gosh, there's a challenge there, isn't it? That is a challenge. So our desire should be to move from being within the bad ground, within these three bits, and move to being, oh, you don't even call it, good ground, to be the good ground where the word doesn't just sit on our ears, but it takes root in our heart. Even then, it says, one of the, one of the verses said about it, it got crowded out in the heart. It was in the heart. So once it's there, we've got to, we've got to keep going. Don't just feel like we've made it. We've got to to keep going and we've got to keep pressing into God. So that's kind of like um, the first part. You know, we're preparing the ground. The second part of what I kind of want to say is planting the seed. Planting the seed. So like I said, in my garden with the smelly topsoil, I, you know, prepared the ground very well to a very good standard. And um, I didn't plant the seed. So, you know, we're going to plant the seed. So recently... Um, Helen Youssef came. We're, anyone, we're all here, right? Yeah. Helen Youssef came and she and she led worship and just completely blew us away, didn't she, with with what she was what she was bringing? And she said something that I guess wouldn't have rang with anyone else, but it did with me. And she stood at the front and she said, "Where are the evangelists?" And like a few hands went up, and you know, a few people looked at each other like, "Am I an evangelist?" And I remember thinking to myself, like, I was playing bass, and I thought. What am I? What am I? Because, you know, I don't feel like we're all called to evangelize, right? We're all called to share the gospel. But, like, there are people whose that's their ministry, isn't it? Like, they, they're evangelists. And, and that's, that's not me. I'm thinking, what, what am I? Like, what am I actually doing? What is the, the kind of, like, seed of work that God has planted in my life? And, yeah, yeah, I'm a worshiper. And, again, like, if you're a Christian, you'll fall into kind of all those categories. But I was thinking, what am I? What kind, of, what kind of fruit am I producing? And Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, we are all God's handiwork, very famous verse. We are all God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So God wants us to be doing stuff for his kingdom. And I've said this before, like not just in church, but outside of church as well. Maybe it's visiting stuff, uh, people, and maybe it's uh, being intentional with meeting up with your friends that maybe don't come to church anymore, the people that have fallen away. But what is it that we're doing? And I really feel tonight, and I've asked Tim if we can like sing a bit more after this, because I just really want us to respond to, to the word. Like Darren said, um, you know, what good is the rain without the seed? But the seed won't flourish without the rain. And we can, I can sit here and talk to you tonight, and we can all go home and, you know, grab a hungry hut on the way home, Serena, and, you know, just... Uh, <laughs> And go back to work tomorrow and forget about what God's put in our hearts. But I really want us to just spend some time just in his presence, you know, just allowing the Holy Spirit to kind of saturate us in that a little bit. Um, So, yeah, created us to do. We should be doing something. The verse said, God has created us to do. We should be doing something for him. Um, But then we can be saying, yeah, that's that's great for everyone else. But I'm just, I'm more of a, I'm kind of, I'm like a receiving Christian. Like, I come out and just kind of like, yeah, you know. It says, God has prepared for us. God has prepared for us. That is every single one of us. And that is sometimes uncomfortable. If we're not a particularly confident person or we don't feel like we know what it is that we want to do, we can easily just leave it to everybody else. But God has prepared something for every single one of us. He has prepared every sing- something for every single one of us. So there are no excuses. There are no excuses. We can say, I'm not that person, but, but you know, he says that we've been created to do. He said, well, there's nothing for me to do. Well, it, there is. We just need to find it. 
We just need to find it. So that's the kind of seed of works. You know, we use the word ministry, but the seed of works. And the second thing, and I really felt God just speak to, to, to me recently about this, um, is cu- cultivating, there's a T, cultivating old seeds that have been planted that maybe we've forgotten about. Or maybe we think, you know, we're going to pick up something new. And, you know, a lot of people came to mind when I was thinking about this. Talented people that were once just doing loads of stuff for God and now now just don't, you know. And I feel like that can speak to a few of us here tonight. Maybe that there was something that we were doing and it was it was really fruitful and we just stopped caring for it. And I really feel like God is just speaking to, to some of us to say, you know, pick up and start cultivating the ground where that old seed is that he planted maybe a few years ago. Um, I was talking to a friend about this recently and just said, oh, you know, I had prophecies about this when I was, when I was a kid and they never, they never happened. And I said, I just feel like maybe I did something wrong. And he said, maybe, have you considered maybe the person that gave you the word got it wrong? Or maybe it was just the you know, the, the, the right time. And he just reassured me, he said, there's nothing wrong with you. He said, there's nothing wrong with you. And I just feel like, like I said, I'm repeating myself now, but God just wants to just pour out on those old things and just to, to rebirth things that we've done before again. So um, just to invite the, the guys to come back um, as we just respond to that, really. Um, I, feel like, I feel like I've been a bit downbeat, but be encouraged. You know, we've got a guide in this, this short verse of what not to do. And, you know, when we see signs, um, like hazard signs, it's telling us not what to do. Don't drink the, the bleach. You know? <laughs> Don't go down this road because it's a dead end. We, you know, we get guided with what not to do. And I think often in church, we, we like to think of what we can do. We get told, you know, God wants you to overcome and God wants you to be fruitful. And God, but what about the things that we, you know, want to avoid? And, um, yeah, so I just want to kind of pray into those different areas and just want to encourage you really to, we've got a, a fair bit of time left, just to find, maybe find some space if you want to, like step to the front. I'm not going to come and pray for you. Do you know like when you, you step to the front and then someone kind of comes over and they go like this? And, you know, we're not going to do that because that can sometimes put us off coming forward to respond, but I just want us to respond to what God's doing with a physical action of saying, do you know what God, I want to step from here. And I want to step into being good ground. Oh God, I want to step into something new that you've planted in my heart. And I believe, God, that you can plant something in my heart. And I want you to reveal it to me tonight. Or, God, something that I used to do for you, I want to do it again. And just stepping into that. So let this be a place, as we worship, of stepping out of what we shouldn't. And stepping into the things of God. And I, re- I, you know, I really feel that God is just speaking to a few, a few of us this evening. Hopefully all of us, but just a few of us. And hopefully you're being stirred to act on this. To act on this because, you know, the word is, the word of God just isn't empty words. It's not just pages full of, of writings, but it's a powerful thing to be actioned. So Father God, I just want to, pray for those people maybe that are in the first ground God even now they're not quite sure of what it is that you've you've done what your word says what I've said tonight God and I just pray that you would reveal yourself 
and by your Holy Spirit, God, that you'd just come and teach us, you'd come and educate us, God. I pray that we'd find a boldness to just go up to somebody and say, I, you know, I need a bit of help getting my head around this. And God, for, for those that maybe are experiencing a bit of trouble, a bit of persecution for, for what they believe, God, I pray once again that by your Holy Spirit, you just give us boldness and power to just shine for you, Jesus. We don't always need the answers. We don't always need clever words. We don't always need to win the argument, God, but we just want to shine for you. God, let us shine for you in our workplaces, in our friendships, in our families, God. We just pray for families where people don't know you, God. God, we just pray there will be a softening of hearts. God, and for those that feel like life is just on top of them, that they feel overcrowded, they've just completely lost their rhythm with you, God, I just pray that you just draw them back to yourself. And there'll be a shaking up of routines, there'll be a shaking up of schedules, God, that we would just find space for you. God, when we sit down and we stick on our, our TVs to, to watch whatever the latest series is, God, I just pray that you prompt us to spend time with you. God, we sing there's no place we'd rather be than, than in your love, God, and that's where we want to be. God, we don't just want to sing it, we want to do it. And God, I just pray that we would, we would be intentional, uh, intentional with that, God, but we would also action that as well. We can have the best intentions, but without action, it's, it's pointless, God. And we don't want to be a pointless people. We want to be a, a people that pray and praise and spend time with you, God. God, and lastly, for, for those people that they want to do something for you, God, or they want to start doing something for you again. God, I just, I just pray that you'd reveal what that is. God, that we'd know what it is that you've called for us to do. And not only that, God, but you'd give us the tools to do it. God, and I just pray as we, as we worship you and as we, as we leave this evening, that we would leave with direction, God that we'd leave knowing what it is that we want to do for you and feeling equipped to do it, God. I just pray for those people that um, want to pick something up again, God. I just pray against all sense of pride that maybe they feel like they can't move back into it. God, I just pray that you just open up doors that need to be opened, God, and put people around them that need to be there to, to get the wheels in motion. God, and I just pray that as we come and worship you and as we come and respond, that you would just speak to our hearts, God. We know worship's about giving. We give our praise and we come to worship you. It's very much a doing on our end, God. But I just thank you that when we come into your presence, there is life and joy. And 20 minutes with you, God, can make a difference. And we can get so much out of that. God, and I just pray this evening as we worship you, that you would just touch us. You would just touch hearts and lives. So church, let's just stand together. Like I said, if you want to find some space, find some space. If you want to make notes, if you've got ideas, I find that when God gives me ideas, get them down as soon as possible because I'm just going to forget. Write them down, make some space and just come and be open to what it is that God wants to, to do in you. Thank you, God. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak away. 
So in church here, Cindy, Cindy Woolley is quite an amazing lady. She can grow nearly anything. And she's always taken a cutting of something and it grows. So she sent me some photos the other day because she, she, she can grow near enough anything. And she sent me this photo and it was an ad, we were talking and it was about an avocado. So she got this stone at the center of an avocado. And um, she sent me this photo and she said, I pl- very profound. John said something about the seed. And if it's not sown, when the water comes, there's nothing can grow. And so she's got this avocado. She's planted this avocado in a pot. And there's a big crack in it. And there's something growing out of it. A little avocado plant. I thought, she can grow anything. This woman can grow anything. She just plants it. She, just, she fearlessly plants things. And then they grow. There's something about the seed, isn't there? And um, with the challenge that, that Jordan's given us tonight about God's seed in our lives... So if it's a seed of a hope or a vision of ministry or family, sometimes a seed can be lost or crushed, stamped on. But if it's planted and then we allow the Holy Spirit to come and water. And she sent me these. And she's she's given me a fig. I've got a fig plant in a pot, which I'll probably, I'm trying to water it, but it's gone a bit funny just lately. But I don't yeah, if I give it to Cindy, it'll grow. I know, continue to grow. But it's, it's fantastic, isn't it? So, Heavenly Father, we just receive, uh, you know, profound uh, to those that receive and understand and the heart that is open. Just, just pray tonight for anyone that's got seeds of ministry, hopes, and maybe in the past, as Jordan said, that they were really growing, and now it doesn't seem to be. There's, it's, everything's dormant. Just really pray, just like that avocado. It's a big stone, and there was a huge crack, and a little plant is growing a, sh- a shoot, a new, a new shoot, a new shoot of hope. And just pray tonight that shoots of hope would be released from this evening. You know, shoots of hope would just would be released in our hearts and lives. Not only if people hear, but if people listen to this tonight. We are going to encourage other friends maybe to listen. They've missed something perhaps tonight. We're going to encourage them to listen to this. And maybe seeds and shoots of hope come up. We pray tonight in our own hearts. Shoots of hope, shoots of ministry, shoots of possibility. Shoots of something, something that was, maybe now comes again afresh. Maybe it's something like that. I don't know. But whatever, for each one of us tonight, we just want to hear and understand comprehend, take it in, plant it, nurture, so that something fresh would just grow in all of our hearts and lives. And for us as a church, we just pray for Oasis as a church, new shoots of hope perhaps for some people, we ask in in your name, Jesus, and and the seed will be released in a fresh way, bearing, bearing so much. What a challenge, 30-fold. How incredible would that be in our hearts and lives? But it's possible through each one of us and perhaps others that we don't even realize. You, you scatter generously and you water generously and you harvest generously such as you are the God of more than enough. And so we pray for that word that, we, that was shared, has been shared tonight, not only in our hearts and the hearts of people listening and the hearts of others and in the spiritual atmosphere of this place we pray, bear fruitfulness we ask in our hearts and lives and in Jesus name we pray Amen Amen Amen